everyone, and welcome back to the Moral Hangover Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Dombrowski, here with my co-host, Victoria Bruno. Okay, I just realized I didn't put deodorant on, and I have the sweatiest armpits right now. Thank you for sharing. But the good thing about podcasting is no one, no one will. So see no one can smell me or smell them. I can smell just in my apartment. Okay, I need to tell a story before we dive into our intro okay. today. So my roommate leaves to go send a package somewhere. So I'm like, all right, whatever. I'm home alone. Going to make my chicken with my freaking couscous. Next thing you know, I set off the fire alarm for maybe 20 minutes because I burnt carrots, charcoaled carrots, and I couldn't stop it. I just wasn't watching it. I had three things going at once. I wasn't paying attention. Next thing you know, the thing won't shut up. And it's so embarrassing because the other week someone pulled the fire alarm and I was like, okay, this is going to really trigger the fire alarm. Everyone's going to think I pulled it. Oh no. I would love to see you cooking. I just don't see you as like a friend who would really chef it up in the kitchen. Okay. I'm slightly offended by that because I cook all the time. I cook. Don't put me in boxes. Okay. I cook all the time. I cook for Julie. I'll make little things for us. The other day I made a freaking zucchini tomato flatbread with ricotta cheese. It was. I'm sorry. I underestimated your. No, I chef it up. I chef it up. I'm actually a Renaissance woman. My sister told me that. Um, it means I can do multiple things. So, oh, okay. So next time you have to cook for me. The one thing I do know about you in the food category is that you like runny eggs because you asked me to cook you. Yes. Eggs. Which might be gross. Some people really like their. But now eggs. every time I make scrambled eggs, I think of you. I'm like, oh, Katie likes them a little runny. Oh, that's so sweet. I do like them runny. I actually need to make eggs tomorrow. Okay, but I have another issue to talk about. Aside from me almost setting the fire alarm off today, today we have a dating expert, you met at Acme, Lindsay Metz. And it made me realize that I was talking to someone this weekend and they said that they would only want a significant other Monday through Friday. And I slightly agreed with their viewpoint. And this was a boy who said this at the bar. A boy said this to you at the bar? Yes. That is hilarious. I feel like in the working world, I feel the opposite. Like I'd only want a boyfriend on the weekend. Why though? Like I haven't seen Andrew since Sunday and today is Wednesday when we're recording this. And I've like enjoyed this Mm -hmm. time to like work on pod stuff after work, watch The Bachelor in peace. Like I just feel like I've had things to do. So I'm like, I I don't want to waste a whole night just like hanging out when like productivity needs to happen (laughs) or The Bachelor. But what if you have a light day? Like, what if you have an abnormal light day? Or what if you're going to something exciting after work? Like, you still stand by that statement. My thing is, like, on the weekends, once I hit, like, midnight at the bar, I get so jealous of the girls that just go home to their boyfriends. And, like, when I, let's say I'm in Philly and Andrew's Mm -hmm. in New York, I get so upset that I'm like, oh, got to fend for myself now. Like, at least girls who are single, (laughs) not in long distance, like, can, like, try to find a man's. Like, no, I have to just go home. Or like find a friend that lets me stay at their house. Okay, but you can stay at a friend's house. Even if they have a boy, but you can stay at their house. Just like not in the room with them. Unless you're into that. I don't know. (laughs) No, not that. But why is your perspective that you only want a boyfriend Monday through Friday? I feel like I feel the loneliest during the week. Yeah, And I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's work from home. I know I I have a roommate. I just feel so lonely during the week, like at night. Like my Mm -hmm. roommate and I are a couple at this point and we'll sit and watch our favorite shows. And then we just go to bed in our separate rooms. Yeah. So it kind of is like you're dating because I get that because I'm still living at home. But when I was in Philly last week and I was alone at night, it's like, I just want someone to sit next to me. Is that too much to ask? 
But like, if yeah. you have Julie home, like you're hanging out with Julie. Yeah, but I want someone else. <laughs> That's that is a boy. <laughs> then you want to do whatever the hell you want come the weekend. Yeah, because I think I prioritize my friends over a boy. I would rather hang out with my friends and do something with them versus trying to figure out whatever I'm doing with him on the weekend. Like I could see him whatever day. Like yeah. why do I need to see him on a Saturday when I can only see my girlfriends on a Saturday? Mm-hmm. So then you kind of want a boyfriend like Sunday to Thursday because Sunday is like you're yeah. recovering and then, you know. Like on demand, like whenever. When- <laughs> <laughs> and then whenever I don't, I'll be like, okay, go do your thing. Don't talk to me. I'm pretending I'm single. Mm-hmm. That's my theory. I am back on Hinge now. So we'll see. How How is Hinge? How is it? I found my gym owner on Hinge. Gym owner? Did you match? Yes, the owner of my gym. No! Oh my God. No, I have to see him. I see him all the time. I can't do that. Maybe you would have um, gotten a discount. I don't think so. He's kind of strict. I did see people, friends of people I've dated on there kept coming up left and right. And I was like, what are the odds? Like two separate people. I saw yeah. majority of their friends on Hinge. And I'm like, I don't know if it was like a location thing or what. It was just, it's usually Hinge is not it for me. So in spirit of this being a dating focus episode, I want to know your opinion on this because mm-hmm. a friend brought it up with me today that she okay. doesn't like Hinge because she feels like, I mean, there's people looking for relationships, but you, if you go on Hinge, like with the intention to find a relationship like guys or girls are yeah. going to think that's weird but you also don't want to hook up so it's like where do you find the balance between you want something serious but people get scared by that I think you know what i'm asking the game yeah but if, if that's what she wants i think she just has to play the game in the sense that you can't go into it being like i want to be in a relationship because you might meet a couple of people and they may not be people you want to get in relationships with, but maybe they want to get in relationships with you after the first date. So I just think you have to go and open-minded and just say you're, you know, you're not looking for anything, but if something happens, like you'd be open to it. Because I think when you say, when you set the expectation of, oh, I want to find someone, then it's like, you're just going to settle and you're going to think you're going to idolize someone that you think's not who they are because you're only seeing their social presence. And then you meet them in person. You're like, wow, I was so wrong about you. You're on to something. No, I think that's so that's right. Because if you're only going into it, like I need to meet someone for a relationship, like then you'll just date whoever you kind of like. I just think it's so hard to, I think it's so hard to know people's personalities on those things. It really is. Well, what I like to do is I like to go through their profile and see if there's any people I know in their pictures, because then if I know people in their pictures, I can usually assume something about them or I know like one or two things about them. And then it makes me more inclined to swipe right on them and want to meet them because I know they're not weird. I know who they hang out with. It makes me feel comfortable. Whereas when it's a complete stranger, they can literally lie to you about your whole entire life. I mean, I watched a movie a few weekends ago and it was about someone who completely lied about their online persona until the point that this woman had to figure it out and like put all the pieces together. So I just really rather just save the time and just do my research on people that I know we have mutual friends with. Also, I think it's a red flag anytime a boy has their Instagram on their hinge, which is 99% of the attractive ones on hinge have their Instagram in their bio. It is so thirsty because it makes me think, oh, well, your follower account's going up because girls keep adding you. You know what I mean? Because it's not even that you've made the match. You're putting your Instagram out there for anyone to see, not even the people you're interested in. So like, maybe they're going to follow you. They're going to stalk you, whatever. 
Okay. Yeah. I get that. I just feel like I would rather give it to someone that I'm, that I want to give it to. I just don't want it out there. Like you don't know what psychopaths are just going to look at it and then start DMing you and weird shit. You don't know. True. True. You're right. So keep everyone posted. I want to hear some updates about this hinge, like any potential dates or no, not yet. Don't know. I match with this really cute boy who looks my age and is, this is what I think I need to go back to. I need to go back to the athletes. I really had a good run with the athletes. The athletes that like have work in finance after college are my sweet spot and I drifted away from it and now I need to get back to it. Back because me trying to do the me trying to do the third year old thing or like the ones that are like really sexy that everyone wants it just doesn't work out. So I just got to go back to my roots. <laughs> we'll keep us updated. Is this cute boy back to the roots? Um, he's not. He's visually not my type. Um, but he looks like he works out. So, all right, compromise. That's a gold star in my books. <laughs> Only because I work out because I want someone that equally like wants to like go on runs because I want to be active every day. Not that I have been like this week, but I would like to be like my best version of myself for what every day. Yeah. So I want that with someone. Okay. Well, I want updates. Well, I also told myself I don't really want to date for a year again. I think I really enjoyed that time when I didn't for a year. You didn't for a while. Yeah. I think I'm going to do that again, actually. Like even though I downloaded Hinge, I think I downloaded Hinge more for content to see like just to get research for the podcast, but I really don't know if I want to like do it again. I'm okay for now. It's a weird time to start dating again. It's like cuffing season. People think people are going to start dating. Like seriously. And I just don't know if that's in the book for me, but that's okay. Anyway. So <laughs> I feel like these episodes, like the last week, last week's episode, I was listening to myself and I sounded so desperado. Like, Oh my God, I can't wait for to have my boyfriend. And then I'm like, I really don't want one. I don't know. Monday through Friday. That's all I need. This week we have Lindsay Metz from We Met at Acme. She gives her dating experience from New York from when she was single all the way up until the point that now she is engaged, about to get married. So I just love her. That's all I have to say. I religiously listen to her podcast because whenever I'm in a pickle, I'm like, oh, what would Lindsay say? Yeah. Our our lineup has been great for guests, guys. I've I've been enjoying editing them and you know, being in them and then editing back. I'm like, oh, this was such good advice. And my favorite thing about her when we talk about this is her voice. Like she could be so excited. Can't or, do it. Or pissed, like mellow. Like I love it. I'm like, she's just, I see I, like that. Not so like animated. But it keeps you like, on cool your girl. toes. It keeps you on your toes. And you're like, do you like me? Do you not? The whole time I was like, is she vibing with me or is she not? The world will never know. Yeah. And okay. Her type of like voice, like it's kind of like cool girl vibes. You know how people like girls have like raspy voices. Like I am so yes. intrigued by girls who just like have the same tone. Cause I'm like, they're just like, it's cool girl vibes. <laughs> you could do it. I simply could not. I could not do it. Oh, do neither it. can I. I have five different pitches of my voice. Yeah. I got to hit my octaves. Yeah, you too. We both have like baby voices, hit the octave. Oh, all day. Do you baby talk? Do you baby talk? Well, I used to get insulted when I was little. Not little. When I was in um, elementary school, they'd be like, Victoria, you're talking like you're a baby. Because sometimes when I'm like shy or meeting someone new, I'll kind of talk in a tone that people are like, your voice sounds like a baby. Like my mom calls me out on it. I'm like, fuck off. Okay. Okay. Maybe I have noticed you doing that a few times. Yeah, it's true. I'm like, this is me. My mom's like, the doctors are never going to take you seriously on the phone sounding like that. 
<laughs> you do you not bring out your professional voice anytime I get on a phone call I'm like hi this is Catherine Dombrowski I'm just calling to know about x y and z like I go full on hard out really I call him like hi I just have a question <laughs> no I'm like I gotta get shit done here I use my full name let him know I'm talking business see gotta gotta get in business mode yes okay everyone so sit back relax and enjoy our episode with Lindsay Metz host of we met at acne Okay, I am so giddy over here because I am eager to welcome Lindsay Metzelar to the Moral Hangover podcast. She is from We Met at Acme. You all know her, you all love her, and she's my favorite person that I go to for dating advice, like weekly. So I'm so excited to welcome her to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Katie. That's such a sweet intro, and I'm so happy to hear that and to be on the podcast. Oh, well, we'll have to dive into my dating life eventually because I need your assistance, like majorly. Oh, for sure. We got to go there. But I love how relatable and modern everything you talk about is. Thank you. Thank you. I try. It's hard because I actually get a lot of shit for being at the opposite of that and like being so traditional. But it's, in my opinion, it all still applies today. I agree. I feel like there's a good common ground with your podcast. It's... I. I don't take it one way or the other. So I feel like it's a mix of both. I'll take it. So can you introduce us to our listeners who may not know you yet? Yes. So my name is Lindsay Metzler, as Katie very well pronounced. Um, (laughs) And I host a podcast called We Met at Acme. And it is a millennial dating podcast where we talk about you know, all things millennial dating. But it's, I would say, most well known for just having like dating rules and um and things like that and I am newly engaged which is really exciting it is so exciting I mean we've been following you on this journey of your dates so it's we're all engaged we're all thrilled for you and (laughs) you just came back from Capri I did I was in Italy um I'd never been to that part of Italy before and I I think both my fiance and I are like kicking ourselves. Like, why didn't we just go on our honeymoon here? Because it is the best place ever. Have you guys been? I have never been out of the country, but like someone needs to like ship my ass to Capri. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I have some family in Italy because I'm Italian and I still have never gone. So I have to go. You must. It's an absolute must. Um, Did you guys travel anywhere else or did you just stay in Capri? We did. We went to Ravello and... Naples for a day, Positano for a day, and then um, Nerano for like a lunch, and then Rome for a night. So for a little wow. bit of everywhere, but that's the way to do it, though. You might as well hit it all while you're there. Exactly. Why not? Why yeah. not? Okay. So I want you to bring us, go all the way back. I want to go all the way back to before we went to Acme, before you popping off. Where are you from? I don't even think I know where you're from. So I'm actually from New York City, born and raised. I really? have really never left here other than um, for college and like a few months trying out living in LA and things like that, but really just have been here my whole life and born and raised. And yeah, where are you guys from? Uh, I wish I was born and raised in New York. I'm <laughs> from I'm from outside of um, Philly. Do you know where the main line is? Have you ever heard of I it? I don't know Philly well, but I have a few friends that live there now. And so I've been, 
I've been overdue for a visit. Oh my gosh, come. Yeah, you need to go to Philly. I'm from Westchester, New York. I want to. And I went to college in Philly. So that's how Katie and I met because she's from PA, mutual friends. So I go back and forth between where in Westchester. I used to live in White Plains and now I'm like in the Hudson Valley. Very cool. Love that. But you need to come to Philly and I'll take you out and I'll show you all the hot spots. 100%. My friend actually opened up a restaurant in in Philly. And so I that's on my list. And then obviously going out with you is yeah. Great. <laughs> What's her restaurant? It's it's a, a male friend. His name is Matt. And it's a sandwich place called Middle Child. Yeah. It's like in Philly though. I just love Middle Child. Like I constantly <sighs> see it on and I'm not even saying that because that's your friend. Like I'm very transparent and honest. I would tell you if it sucked. Totally. But one of my really good friends goes there Catherine all the time like no I way. always see it on social media people's stories are always there they, like, that's amazing he'll be so happy to hear that I can't wait to tell my friend she's gonna yeah I know exactly what die. you're talking about because their sandwiches are like aesthetically pleasing because very aesthetically always... pleasing <laughs> so he knows what he's doing uh-huh good for him that's amazing okay so you're originally born and raised in New York and then where did you end up going to college I went to BU. So I was in Boston for four years and then went back to New York and um, have been back here ever since. Has anyone ever made the connection with you and Alex Cooper? Cause you both went to BU. Yes. Like every time I mentioned that I went to BU, someone's like, Oh my God, were you friends with Alex Cooper? And it's like, guys, Alex Cooper is like 25 and I'm 31. So like, do you think that we were there at the same time? Like, I'm just confused. But it is very cool that, um, you know, two female podcasters both went to BU. Maybe it's like the new thing. But I think it's also just because, and I don't know what her major or anything was, but the communication school at BU is great. And they teach you so much about like editing and, and media. And so it, it is a good place to go undergrad if you're interested in the podcasting world for sure. So when you went and you decided on your major being communications, what was your goal? Cause I feel like probably then podcasting wasn't as big as it is now. So what was your thing? You're like, all right, I want to do this in media. My goal actually at the time I was a film and television major. And my goal was to be in the film industry and to write uh, and to be a screenwriter and write these like crazy movies. Um, and I, and I did that like right off of the bat. When I graduated, I was a, a production assistant, which is kind of like the mail room for being a screenwriter. And it didn't end up being like what I imagined it to be. And I think I would have had to move to LA, which was just like not my thing. So ultimately I ended up getting jobs after that, that were just like communication jobs as opposed to staying on the path to being a screenwriter. But I did write like a few scripts that I think are terrible, but um, at least I did. What did you write? Can you give us a little synopsis? I wrote, this is so funny because like, if I were to write something now, it would be so like clearly romance and something like that. But I wrote like a smuggling drug cartel movie. Like I have no idea. (laughs) Okay. I think that would have done really well. I think you shouldn't give up on it yet. I think you could sell it to Netflix. They love that. (gasps) Honestly, I might. I I could see it being in Spanish though. Like not even in English. 
It was very random. It kind of, I, did you ever see the movie Babel? B-A-B-E-L? No. It was kind of inspired by that movie, um, which like was a really big hit at the time when I was in college. But I think I remember the professor being like, you can only sell a movie if it's about sex or drugs. And so I was like, perfect drugs. Let's go. (laughs) You're my kind of girl. You know, what's so funny is the other day I was on Netflix and that I don't even watch these kind of movies, but this was suggested cocaine cowboys. I'm like, hmm interesting. Uh-huh. It was just piled in with like my outer banks and my unorthodox life. And what was my other one that I'm always watching? It was just so random. I was like, okay, don't know where this came from, but we'll go with it. Watched an episode wild. I need to watch that. I actually feel like that's been in my repertoire on Netflix being like, have you watched cocaine cowboys? And I'm like, no, they're Not pushing yet. it to everyone, clearly. I need to watch it. I just finished, we both just finished Squid Game. And obviously oh it was I the best show it. of all time. So now we're like, nothing else will compare, but like, we'll, we'll give it a try. Can you tell me what Squid Game is even about? Because I watched the preview. Like, I think whatever the preview is, when it's like the first couple of seconds of the first episode, I was like, I don't, nothing about this intrigues me. I'm just interested because I see it all over the news and people getting sued. So the problem with me telling you what it's about is that you're not going to have the shock factor when you watch it. I'm never going to watch it. Never. Why? I would have to find someone who is obsessed with it and obsessed with me to make me want to watch it. Katie, we can watch it together. You guys (laughs) have to watch it together and then do a whole episode on it. Like I'm telling you, I did not want to watch it either. I just thought that it was going to be some dumb like video game show. And it was so not like that. It was enthralling. I was at the edge of my seat. It's subtitled. And I did not look down at my phone once. I'm telling you, you have to watch it. And I cannot tell you what it's about because it'll take away from that amazing experience of your jaw dropping. Can you explain to me the why people, why there's so much press around it? Uh, What I'll say is that it's a very dark and disturbing show. Okay. (laughs) But it makes you think a lot, talk a lot, and come up with theories a lot. So you and Victoria would, if you watched it at the same time, would likely, you know, after every episode, have like a conversation where you're like okay here's what I think here's what you think you know and so it's like it gets you talking which is really cool Netflix has really been like hitting the nail on the head with their shows that get people talking because Katie and I we went on a vacation a few weeks ago and I started watching that show sex life and Mm. it's like 10 out of 10 these shows people are like oddly addicted to because like you said like it gets the conversation going makes you think about things you didn't think about before all right, Vic, that's a the little different. On it. That's a different example. Um, I think no, but like sex life because they're both hot. No, it brings but up deep convos. I was exactly. like, what the hell? It's like, yeah. if there's a show that everyone's talking about, like if you can't beat them, you should probably join them at some point. Okay, so since we're kind of talking, well, you don't really talk that much about sex, but since your podcast is around dating, relationships, romance, I want to ask you some questions and see what your thoughts are. Yes, let's do it. All right. I'm calling this Mets Knows Best. Number one, 
how to recover from an embarrassing situation with a man. I think we've all had one of these. What is the mm. best way to get yourself out of it? What, like what kind of embarrassing situation? So say maybe you overtexted and now you feel embarrassed. How do you recover from that? Well, obviously you're not going to text them again, but you're not. But forward. I think if you can't, if you have the opportunity to apologize for overtexting, you can say something like, I was going to do the, my friend had my phone excuse, but we all know that's not true. Or like, you know, just owning it and just like clearly had one too many martinis last night and did not properly confiscate my phone. Like, or something that sounds confident, like clearly had a little too many martinis last night, but you're very lucky that you got the brunt of it or like, but you and three other guys got a lot of texts. So you should feel really lucky. I love that. No, that's such a good way to spin it. Like owning it and then being funny is always like my, was always my style. But I feel like the more you don't talk about something cringy that you did, the cringier it gets. Agreed. Like you have to address the elephant in the room because everyone's thinking it. Yeah. Like if you get too drunk on a date and like you just act like that never happened, like no one wants to hang out with you. But if you own it and you're like, that was mortifying and I usually don't do that and I'll show you that from now on, then the person's like, wow, she's mature. So a friend of mine texted me to ask you this next question I'm going to ask you. And she said she went on a date. So she's 24, went on a date with a 30-year-old. We're at this phase in our life now where 30-year-olds are trying to date us and it's bizarre, but we're going with it. She goes on the date with a 30-year-old, thought it went really well. He texted her the next day and she hasn't heard from him since. What do you think that is and or means? I think I, I feel bad saying it because it's never nice to hear, but he's just not interested. Like it's yeah. really as simple as that, you know? And it's like, we... We love to be like, oh my God, it's a riddle. Like, you know, he texts, but then he didn't text me. Like, what's the answer? And it's always the same answer. He would text you if he wanted to see you again. He has your number, you know? So true. What about, you talked about this in one of your more recent episodes and you were talking about maturity um, and this resonated with me. What do you tell the person who doesn't like the person that likes them back? When you get scared to like someone because they finally like you back. Mm. I would say that you have to give at least one person a chance who you're turned off by because they like you. And that could end up being your person, or it could end up validating the fact that you were right about them and you didn't like them for a reason. But if you don't give that opportunity, then like you're being immature because you're not allowing you're doubting yourself and how you feel about this person just because they like you, like then what's going to happen when you're ready to like get into a more serious relationship and you're still feeling turned off by people who like you, like you're going to end up with someone who doesn't like you and that's not going to be good. So I think you need to at least give that person a chance. And then if you were right from the beginning, you were right from the beginning, but you'll never know unless you see it through at least once. I agree with that, especially because they say like, as a girl, you would want to marry the other person who likes you more because, you know, they'll be loyal. <laughs> exactly. So, the guy always has to like the girl a little bit more. Yeah. So technically that that's finding them early. 
All right. So what is the secret to getting a second date? The secret to getting a second date, it's a couple things that make up the secret sauce. I would say the first, <laughs> the first thing is not texting them after the date, letting them continue to pursue you because you already thanked them on the date. So there's no reason that you need to follow up thanking them again, desperately hoping that they'll ask you out. Let them pursue you. I would say that the second part is like not giving it all up on the first date. And I don't mean like you're slutty. If you sleep with them, like you're not, there's no such thing as a slut because sex positivity, but like it's, it's really fun to like wait and build that sexual tension. And I think guys are really simple beings in that they're like, Oh, I didn't see her boobs. Like I would love to see her boobs again. I'm going to text her, you know, like I would love the opportunity to see them. Like, cause at that point they don't care about you. They're just thinking about like, Oh, what can I, Oh, I want more of this thing. And then I think also just like leaving an impression on this person. Like if you go on a date and you're like, how was your week? Yeah. I love working in sales. Then nobody's going to remember you, you know, but if you let your like freak flag fly a little bit and like you're a little weird and like like maybe you tell them like a conspiracy theory you believe in or something that makes them smile or laugh a little bit then they're going to be like that person made me feel a good way like that person made me feel good in one way or another um so just doing something that like really sticks with them i'm gonna try that out i i'm a notorious first dater not get a second date notorious interesting Yes. What have you like noticed a pattern? Well, I thought I noticed a pattern of me acting like a crazy bitch. And then <laughs> I <laughs> not like that crazy. I just I think I let my freak flag fly. But I said that right. Um, but then I really toned it back and still I was like, wow. Like I was been on my best behavior on recent dates. And I'm like, this is so weird. No, Katie, let yeah. the freak fly flag fly. <laughs> That's a tongue twister. Let it fly, but also don't forget to like, don't forget that you're on a date with another person. I think sometimes when we're letting our freak flag fly, we're like talking about ourselves a lot or talking more than the other person. Make sure it's like a balanced conversation and you're asking them questions about their life too. And like, there's a, there's an equal back and forth. I read, I get into interview mode and then I'm like, all right, I need to stop drilling them questions. Exactly. Let them, let it be a good balance. Um, when do you think it's appropriate to introduce someone to your parents? I think it depends, right? Like, do your parents live in the same place? Because if they do, then I would say three months into being official is fine. But if they don't, then it's more of like a, when they're in town, you can naturally meet them type thing. Okay. And you also talked about this in one of your episodes as well, how you, introduced your fiance to your friends like semi early on do you think like the same kind of rule applies to friends so say you have like friends in town do you think it's okay to invite someone you're like newly seeing to meet them in a group setting I think it is if it's casual but like don't invite your non-official boyfriend to someone's like sit down birthday dinner like they don't deserve a seat at the table until they're official but they can come to like a passerby standing like drinks at a bar thing. So I think it's just, you know, you'll feel out the situation, but if you have to question, should I bring this person there? Don't like, don't force it. Okay. 
No, I completely agree with that because like, especially if it's like all girls and you're inviting a guy you're newly seeing and you're like, no, like oh, this isn't the so situation. Cringe. It needs to be like meeting at a bar with everyone there and it's very casual. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, you know when it's right. Then it feels like babysitting. Yeah, that too. Yeah, you, you don't want to babysit. How to spot your partner is cheating. This is a hard one. Ooh, I actually feel like this is an easy one. Like if they're bringing their phone everywhere Mm -hmm. and it's constantly turned over or they're like weird about it or protective about it. If they, if you've ever seen anything like sus on their phone to begin with, whether it's like a number you haven't heard of and you don't feel comfortable asking about who it is, like those are all recipes for like a cheating scenario. Or like if they don't act like they have a partner when they're not around you or like, I don't know, make you have the, they have a close friendship with someone that you don't feel like respects you. Like all of those things I feel like are alarming. It reminds me of the TikTok. My dad doesn't have a girl best friend. Have you seen that one? No, but I already love it. Right. Isn't it so good? That's so good. Like it's so true. I'm thinking of the one right now that there's just like a controversy over couch guy. Have either of you heard of this? Oh my God. Of course. I just, I just talked about couch guy on the episode of my podcast that's coming out. Oh, I can't wait to listen. It was couch guy. So I'll send it to you later, Katie. But basically it's a video of a girl surprising her boyfriend at college and people, the internet is going crazy at the way that he reacted because he was like sitting on a couch next to three girls was like something that a girl passed Miss phone, not passed the phone. They say they're happily together. Lindsay, since this is coming out later in the month, I'm just curious, what, what is your opinion on this? I have so many opinions on this. And I will say I was triggered by this video because I dated someone in high school and we stayed together for like the beginning of college. Mm -hmm. And I never went to visit him because he didn't let me visit him, which obviously obviously you guys understand why now. (laughs) Um, Yes, of course. But I would never in a million years have surprised him. And I think like we know that every time someone's ever surprised a girlfriend or boyfriend, they have found them doing something bad. So like, I don't know why this person thought it would be a good idea. And I feel for her because I'm sure she's a really sweet girl, but she also, it's like dramatic irony. Like we all know that like you don't stay together with a boyfriend in college and like she doesn't. And so she comes in and she's like, oh my God, and wants to give him a hug. And he's like on the couch with a bunch of girls. Clearly, I don't want to say he's cheating, but he is preparing to try to hook up with one of them. That's for sure. And he's just not excited to see her. And he gives her this like pathetic hug. And everyone's just like, oh my God, like watching it. I watched it without knowing that it was a controversial thing at first. Really? And I felt uncomfortable watching it. And then I learned that it was a viral video that everyone was talking about. And I was like, I kind of get why, because it's almost like, you know, and then it's so funny. She like commented on her own video and she's like, so, so messed up of you to take such a sweet moment and make it so bad. Like, you know, like he's like, 
he's not cheating, blah, blah, blah. But it's like, if like, you know, I think from all of our experiences in life, like if you have to defend your partner, like it's, it's too far gone. No, I completely agree. And I'm like the odd man out. So I'm still dating my high school boyfriend and we did long distance through college and I surprised him once. And I, all oh I was God. watching, I was like, if they, someone filmed this, like, I don't remember what his reaction was. Like, I didn't walk into like a room with girls in it, but I'm like, if there were cameras back then, I'm like, imagine this was me on the internet. Like I put myself in those shoes. So I'm like, I kind of oh feel God. bad for her, but I'm like, even Barb from Shark Tank commented on it and was like, oh, get God. out. And I'm like, that's when you know. If a seven year old is commenting on your TikTok, get out. Like you probably should. Get out. Yes. Oh my God. Cringing for her. So did your experience with your boyfriend inspire the start of We Met at Acme? Like what, what made you want to specifically talk about dating? I think that definitely was part of it, even though that was like when I was so much younger, I think that was like the beginning of knowing like how important it is to kind of protect your, yourself and protect your heart when it comes to dating. And I had so many experiences after that where I learned so much and I wanted to share what I learned with my listeners. Um, But I also like, you know, even when I was, I think 27 was when I started the podcast, I was still, you know, I'd, I'd gotten dumped like right before I started it. And so I was like, clearly I have things to learn too. And what better way to learn them than in front of all these people, you know, and just being vulnerable and figuring out the world of dating, which we all struggle with. And so that's a big part of why I started the podcast. I didn't know you were dumped before you started. Mm-hmm. Brutally. Can I ask what happened? Or no? <laughs> um, I was dating like a massive asshole who just like can I just say I love the way you say things because there's so much punch behind it but like it's so smooth and comes out like it's not gonna be you know like that's really funny hilarious okay so massive my friend my friend always makes fun of me because she's like your tone doesn't change no matter what you say she's like you're like I'm so excited or like I'm really upset with you right now and I'm like yeah I don't know um but I, I was dating it. this guy and he was awful and he was a misogynist and a narcissist and all the cis. And um, I kind of got swept up into his like love bombs. And on my birthday, he was like, you know, planning this thing. And then all of a sudden broke up with me on like on my actual birthday that year. And I, I was so like, it was, it was so fucked up. You can't pick any other day to break up with someone. Like, really? Yeah, like, give me my gift and then break up with me. Yes, and then keep the gift. Right. And I was just so taken aback. And he had said something like, did you really think that we were going to end up together? And it was the kind of situation where I thought I was doing him a favor by dating him. So I was, like, so taken aback that I was, like, clearly I know nothing about dating because I thought this guy was, like, obsessed with me. And so that made me want to learn a lot more. And then look what you created. So thank you. (laughs) Right. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Don't thank him though. I would have kicked him in the dick. Like when you said that, when you said that he was like, 
I don't remember what you said exactly, but the way it made me feel when you said it, I was like, ew, I would literally kick him in the dick and be oh, like, fully. F off. Fully. I, I remember I was like really nice to him in that moment because I was like, I just want him to feel like such a disgusting person, you know, that like mm-hmm. the best way to do that is to like be really nice to him. And I should have just kicked him. Yeah. Well, next time, you know. Exactly. Exactly. So when you started the podcast, did you full on quit your job or were you doing it while you were still working? I was still working. I was doing social media management for brands. And at the time that I started the podcast, like it was definitely not making enough to sustain uh, like a lifestyle. And so I was doing both, I think up until like two years into the podcast. Um, And then I was able to, with advertisements from the podcast, focus on it full time, but it took, it took a while. And like, it's crazy. Podcasts take a long time to like grow and get traction. And so many people will reach out. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And so many people will reach out and be like, okay, how does like my podcast grow now? And I'm like, it's not like now it's like a process. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy. I stuck with it. So you stuck, you were doing your job for two years, then you were doing this while you were doing that. When you were pulling content from your life, were you how much of it were you sharing in those like beginning years? All of it, literally not holding back one thing to the point where relationships of mine ended because I was talking about them so openly on the podcast. (laughs) And I would get calls from like dates that I went on, like, how dare you tell them this story about how I didn't get you water during sex. And I'm like, well, you should have fucking got me water. Like, or else you wouldn't have talked about it. Exactly. Like, why'd you let me dehydrate if you wanted to have sex? Like, that's not fair. No. It's like, chivalry's dead in that moment. Mm-hmm. The least he could do. Right. Oh, my God. This sounds like my life, except no one's called me yet. People have said it, like, behind my back, but no one's said it to me directly yet. Just wait. I don't know if I'm ready for it. <laughs> When you were talking about all that stuff, were you ever like, what was the biggest worry in your mind when you started the podcast and being vulnerable and like sharing every detail? I wasn't worried, but my parents and like my sister were like, what are you doing? You can't talk about this stuff. Like you can't be out there talking about sex. Like no one's going to date you. And I was just like, okay. Like I, I really didn't care. I've always been public, like on Instagram. So like my life was always kind of out there if somebody wanted to check it out. And I didn't think it was that different from like having a podcast. Um, and so I never really, I was worried about it. Like there's always the worry like, oh, am I like too much for someone? But then it's like, no, then they're not good enough for me. And so it was just like being confident in that what I'm doing is like leading me to the person that's right for me. And can I also say, I love that your fiance isn't on social media because I always say, I'm like, I want someone who's not on social media or if they are, they have a super small presence. There's just less room for all the other BS. Totally. I love it too. And it's like the best possible situation for my mental health. (laughs) Good, good. How did you feel when Instagram went down? I felt amazing. I talked about this also on my episode. Like I did laundry. I got my inbox to zero. I cooked. I baked. I walked. I (laughs) talked. I listened. I literally (laughs) 
lived my best life ever. And I was saying to my friends who are like influencers, I was like, wouldn't it be so nice if this happened twice a week and we could just have these two days of like peace and serenity. Yes. Like it would just be so wonderful. Katie and I work at the same job and they implemented like no meeting Tuesdays. And that makes me think of that. Like we should have like a no Instagram day of the week. And that's everyone's yeah. universal rest day. I think but it, they should it has to that. be. Yes, it has to be from Instagram so that like no one can work around it. Like Instagram has to be the one that's like, OK, no Instagram Tuesdays. Sorry. And then like go do something. And then we would, and we'd be so happy. Yeah. And agree more. Instagram, if you're listening, they would never, but wishful thinking. They might be. They're always listening. I feel like everyone's always listening. <laughs> like the things I get ads for, like I'll have a conversation with someone that next thing you know, I get an ad. For, I'll probably have oh to be Cowboys on my phone, like an Literally. ad for it now. So will I. Great. <laughs> so where do you see the future of We Want to Acme? What's next for you and the brand? There's a few things in the works, so we'll see what um, what comes to fruition. But I think my ultimate goal is just reaching as many people as possible and making a, hopefully a difference in their dating life and their dating um, confidence, and just giving people a space to come talk about things that we can all relate to and feel better about them. So that's that's really the goal. That's a great goal. Yeah, I love that. So going off of that, like, why do people have the hardest time dating as millennials right now? Like, What do you think is the thing getting in the way of people? I think it's a mix of like having too many options. So people are mm -hmm. like more disposable and um, just having too many like modes of communication. Like I know way too many, way too many, like Snapchat, Instagram, DM, like text. Nobody calls any anymore. I mean, it's just like there's so many degrees of separation because of all of these ways to communicate that you actually yeah. feel more isolated um and sometimes it's sad and to think about how like when you know my parents were dating like it was just so so much more straightforward and now mm -hmm. it's just not you know and so there's a lot of like reading between the lines which is which is hard i feel like the reading between the lines is what girls get hooked on I don't think the guys, or maybe they are, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself when I say this. Actually, no, I'm not. Cause I don't care if people watch my story. I don't think that means anything, but I know some girls are like, oh my God, well, he like watched my story and he DM'd me. I'm like, okay, that's it not really anything. anything. Like unless he actually communicates with you. Yeah. Like anyone can send a DM. That's like, I DM randos all the time. Just being like, oh my God, I love that. What colors, what color your nails or where'd you get this from? Like literally randos. Like a guy right, can DM exactly. or text you, whatever. 100%. I don't know if you've dealt with this, but like the Snapchat ad is my least favorite thing in the whole entire world. Like the fact I'm 25, I just turned 25 and people still do that. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. No, it's horrible. Like I would just be like, sorry, I don't have a Snapchat. Oh, I'll start saying that. Perfect. That's a good one. Or they, they'll still find it, but that's a good one. Totally. Um, yeah, that communication bothers me. I did recently have someone who tried to FaceTime date me, like this older person who I've been going on dates with who actually lives in New York. So I don't know if it's going to work out or not. Ooh. But he is like, okay, like we're going to do like a FaceTime date. 
on this day at this time and then calls exactly on that time. I'm like, this is so refreshing. Like no one ever does this. See, that's why we all have to date older. How old is your guy? He's actually my age, but he is three months older. So at least there's that. Okay, good. I am a firm believer. And a lot of my friends, like, like Victoria, you've been in a relationship for so long, you can't speak, but I just think not that it's black and white, but it's like they're into you or they're not. And I think that's what it comes down to. So what you said about like the gray area and thinking so into it, I'm like, he likes you or he doesn't like that. That's your answer. of you asking me all these questions? Like, why is he doing this, this? He doesn't like you probably. Exactly. Always. Or he's talking to 10 other people. That's what I assume now. Like whenever someone hits on me, I'm like, all right, well, I just have to go into it knowing they're probably talking to 10 other people Exactly. in the beginning phase. No one's ever fully single. No. So I want to ask you about your life because I feel like you've been dating these past 10 years. What made like your fiance different than like all of your other relationships? Mm. You kind of recently touched on this, but I want to, I want to have you talk about on here too. Yeah. I think I had mentioned like just feeling really safe with him, which was like the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And just having so much in common for like how we were both raised. And that doesn't mean like background in terms of like, oh, we both like grew up in like this neighborhood. No, it's just like morals and, you know, things that we both were like instilled with and um, that like familiarity feeling. And also just, you know, feeling like this is somebody that I don't have to change in any way. And so often I would find a partner who I would be like, oh my God, this person's great. Like they just need to, you know, do this, this, and this, and then it's perfect. Um, But I really do like love my fiance, just the exact way that he is. And I think that once you find that you're like, you know, that it's has the capacity to be the one, which is great. And how did you two meet? He went to high school with one of my college friends. Um, So we kind of knew each other and then we ran into each other at a party and we were finally both like single at the same time and and it worked out. But none of that dating, dating app, yes. I feel like there are some people that do really well on dating apps and that's great. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that it's for like a certain kind of person, like maybe a less social person or someone who does better, like knowing that the other person is for sure into them before going out. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I couldn't agree more. I pushed my roommate to go on Bumble dates. We haven't gone on – well, I say we. She hasn't gone on one yet because it's a group effort. Yeah. Um, but she's in there. She's more of an introvert, but she's, okay, good. she's really getting her swipes in. Good. I'm so proud of her. Yeah. She wanted me to tell you. I said hi. She says hi. I was telling her that you were coming on later. And she's like, oh, my God, tell her I say hi. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'll be sure to mention it. Don't tell worry. Tell her I say hi back. <laughs> okay, great. I'll let her know. Hopefully she listens to this and she can hear it that way. Yes. So you're engaged. How is the wedding planning going? I know you talked about you're starting to plan the wedding. You're like, I guess wedding planning takes like six months, I guess, to get going. Like when do you have a date or what's like, what's the whole involvement? Do you have a wedding planner? Literally nothing is set in stone yet. We have a wedding planner and that is it. It is such a process that like, it sucks to say this because like you want to be able to enjoy your engagement, but like enjoy it for 24 hours and then get a fucking wedding planner. If you have any desire to get married, because it is such a long drawn out process that if you don't get a wedding planner or 
you don't start planning your wedding yourself, like right away, it won't happen for at least a year plus because especially post COVID, it's just really hard to like get all your marbles in order. And like, there aren't a lot of venues and everything's really expensive and you have to figure out budgets and who's doing what. And it's, it's a complicated process. So I would not recommend it, but you got to do it if you want to have a wedding. Are you thinking of getting married in a church? No, I'm actually Jewish. Um, so I probably wouldn't get married in church, but Okay, so like synagogue, I guess. Um, but I wouldn't get married in a synagogue either. I probably would just get married somewhere and have like a rabbi officiate. Okay. And is he the same religion too? He is, yeah. So that makes that conversation easier. But Good. I have tons of friends who are marrying different religions and they're having two kind of separate ceremonies to please like both families. My manager just did that the other weekend. She did one in the church for his family mm. and then did like the official wedding on a beach. Yeah. It happens a lot. I never knew that was a thing until like a week ago. Uh-huh. I know. And now I'm finally starting to get invited to some weddings and I'm like, I can wait on this whole engagement thing. Like the thought of planning one, thinking of people to invite. Oh my God. I'm like, absolutely no, you not. Need to wait. I even said this to Katie. I, one day I was like, who would I have in my wedding party or who would I invite to my wedding? And I'm like, I need some people to like fall off in my life because post-grad right. there you still have a lot of the friends that you're like still friendly with I'm like no I want to know who are the real ones so no mm-hmm. rush no rush in this okay, point well, exactly. you, wait as long as possible you freak out over your bridal party and you're not even engaged yet Vic I know well I'm like what if someone asked me to be in theirs and they're not in mine one day but I'm like why is this a thought of my mind? how does that work Lindsay, like what, what is like protocol? If someone asks you to be in theirs, like, do you have them in yours or is like not even a consideration factor? I think that it's a consideration factor, but just because someone asks you to be in their wedding does not mean you have to do the same thing. And if it does in their mind, then like, they're not really a good friend. Um, Things change and relationships change and you shouldn't measure yours based on if you're a bridesmaid or not. Like that's just so immature. And I've been not a bridesmaid for a lot of weddings and I've been a bridesmaid for other weddings and it didn't change our friendship at all. All right. Good to know. Okay. That's good to know. <laughs> so do you really think once you're married, when you want to have kids, are you going to have kids in the city or will you move to the suburbs? Like you should move to Westchester. I'm a city girl. Really? My fiance is from Westchester. So, oh, um, he is. and so in the spirit of compromise, we'll be in the city. <laughs> Okay, great. You're a motherfucking city girl. I love it. So many people from Westchester, like stay in Westchester. And I'm like, I want to live. I haven't lived in the city yet, but that's next on my agenda. I'm like, I have to, I can't die without living in the city. That's how I feel. No, you cannot. You cannot. (laughs) Next. That in LA. I want to go to New York, LA, and then figure it out from there. Lindsay, did you say you did LA for a year or? I did LA for a month. Um, oh, not for me, but could very well be for others. Hey, why was it not for you? I love hearing people's take on the New York LA debate. It just wasn't my style. I like to walk everywhere. Um, I don't care about celebrities, and like when I go out, I want to dance. I don't want to like see who else is there. Um, and I just felt like the people who live there, who like I met 
in my time there, and I'm sure it's different now, um, just didn't have a lot in there. And I just <laughs> couldn't relate. Do you feel like they like went to college or were they just like waiters or waitresses or not that people who do that didn't go to college, but like, I'm just trying to get the vibe. No. Oh my God. No, nothing, nothing about, yeah. Nothing about that. I just felt like they cared about like how they look yeah, and getting famous. And like, I didn't care about either of those things, especially when I lived there, I was like eating donuts every day. And like, I just couldn't find anyone to like have an actual meal with. I just felt like lonely, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay, that tells us the way I'm going to New York. I can't do that. Yeah. You have and you, to. I have very much like a New York state of mind. So I feel like I'd be bothered by people over there. Yeah, it's so, it's slow. Like everyone is slow in LA. Like you could do one thing a day in LA, but in New York, you do like 12 things a day. It's more my speed. Yeah, I need that. My ADD needs that. Exactly. Constantly got to be stimulated. Mm-hmm. So Lindsay, before we wrap up the epi, I want to say thank you so much for coming on. And I want to end it with what is your power move? Like what is your secret sauce to you and your like life philosophy? Ooh, that's so good. Um, There's so much that I could say here, but I think I'll end it with just that it's more important to understand than to be understood. Okay. That was really, that was really philosophical. You took that literally. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I love it. I'm going to try to decipher that in my head. Can we we elaborate on this? Cause now I'm like thinking, what is, what does this mean? It means like, it's a better benefit to you in life to try to understand other people and listen, as opposed to trying to get heard and be understood. It's just, you get more out of life when you give. Okay. I like that a lot. Yeah, I really like that. That's really. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. And can you tell us where everyone can follow you and listen to the pod? You can follow me on Instagram at we met at Acme and listen to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks everyone for listening. You can follow us at the Moral Hangover Podcast. We're on TikTok and Instagram. You can stream new episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We will see you next week. Bye everyone.